Hey, listener, the holidays are upon us, and thus, so are holiday travels and other festive excuses. We weren't able to finish with Jack Frost just yet, but don't fret, we have a surprise, never-before-released holiday podcast just for you. Last year, around this time, we reviewed 1974's Canadian slasher, Black Christmas. The episode never saw the air because of technical difficulties, but we've finally finished it, and now you get to hear it in all of its 2016 horror glory. Anyways, happy holidays. Here we go. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting to my right is Jake. Season's greetings. And sitting next to Jake is someone who also consumes most of his booze out of toilet tanks and hollowed out books. It's Mark. That's, yep, that's me. Surprisingly accurate. <laughs> I also would like to say that I guessed wrong again as to how you were going to describe me. Yeah. Dude, well, you're. I want to hear more about how you guessed. You're never but. getting this right. I know. I, I figured that you would say, here's another person who needs written directions to pick his own nose, but whatever. That would have been pretty good, but yep. you know, I'm... I'm not I'm here to do your job for Mark. you, Jack, but <laughs> I am here to tell you when you're doing a bad job. I'm unpredictable, all right? Wild card. <laughs> Yeehaw! For, the, for those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, it's pretty much Christmas. It will be... Christmas when this comes out close to Christmas, Christmas? anyway question mark uh, so we we're getting into the Christmas season we watched 1974's Black Christmas we'll get into that soon which will be a lot of fun but first we've got to do the getting drunk part so on that score Jake what are you drinking this week I searched far and wide for a very what? very I'm not passing why would I pass I am proud of this one before. I feel like ever all you do these days uh, I've passed yeah. like twice and you're just panning me for it I searched far and wide <laughs> This week for a very particular beer that I didn't think I'd be able to find, but I came through in the 11th hour and I was able to pick up a beer from Ninkasi, one of my old stomping grounds in Eugene, Oregon. They have a winter seasonal called Slayer and it's spelled like Santa's Slay. Er, yep. and er. you, you, yep. do you get it? It's do I do. It? It's good. It's one I considered getting myself, oh, see, but it's I was hard pretty sure here, you were going well, to. How? So I, it's hard to get out here. Yeah, it's at the gas station by my well, house. I'm in, a, I'm in a different place. <laughs> and fuck you for it. Mark, what are you drinking? Uh, I couldn't find anything really good, so I went the scattershot approach since Jake decided we could break the rules last week and got yeah. two. I went with three. Um, oh. The first one I, I got was... It's an arms race over here. Yeah, <laughs> Griswold's Holiday Ale, based off of uh, Griswold, the Christmas movie. Where Clark? The, the label, yeah, exactly, the... Label is a shoe, be- or like a guy dangling upside down in a bunch of Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and then okay. more more topical to the movie we're watching, I have Mama's Little Yella uh, from Oscar Blues, because that house mom and all the kids, I don't know, there's a lot of screeching in this movie. That's and then pretty good. This one uh, is only good if you think about it. This one jumped out at me. I've never actually had this beer before. It's also from Oscar Blues, or Oscar Blues but it's called, um, it's called Old Chubb. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Mark, Jake and I oh. have consumed a lot of Old Chubb in our lifetimes. And... <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> so how's this going to treat me? Is it a... 
it's not bad. Oh, okay. Um, it's different. And the, the problem is there was a bar at uh, the University of Colorado that had a deal where you would flip five quarters. And for every quarter that came up heads, you would get an old chub for that quarter. Yeah. And we did that a lot. large, large number of times. <laughs> so it's a hard hard one to drink these yeah, days and, for Yeah, and us. for the listener, that's primarily because Old Chubb is a scotch ale that's towing the line. What is it, like 10% right around there? Uh, not the know. easiest beer to drink. I didn't think it was that it's high. It's not low. 8%. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like average. Oh, yeah, that's an average <laughs> beer. High side of average. One standard deviation. Right, fine. God damn it, Mark. And and your relation? How are you relating old Chubb back to the movie? Because the it's kind of mean, but the old the lady's an old Chubb. <laughs> <laughs> I had totally glossed over why you chose that. I prefer to go back I... to the point when I didn't know. <laughs> it was a fat mark. Joke. I went with a fat joke. mark. If you're gonna take the scatter shot approach, it at least has to be applicable. That's applicable. I've got a beer called Accumulation waiting in the wings. Is that applicable? I a I love Accumulation. That's a great beer. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. They The body of the account accumulates. Boom. I can do this too. Boom. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we should have probably mentioned this right at the top. One day we'll figure it out and we'll get this no, out of the no, way first. we won't. In this podcast, there will be spoilers for the movie Black Christmas, which is now a large number of years old. Um, and Solid. so be warned. 42? Ye. <laughs> Jack, how come you're drinking Rainier this week? I'm not drinking Rainier this week. Once again, (laughs) I actually went out of my way to get a beer that I thought fit. Now, I liked my selection a lot more, Mark, when I was pretty sure that you and Jake were both going to go with just Christmas beers, as you did with uh, Halloween and the pumpkin beers. Mm. Um, Because I didn't want to just get the Christmas beer, go that route, be one of you two sheeple over there. Uh, So I got Alphadelic IPA. Alpha. Because it has the... Because it has... Alpha in it. It has a Greek letter in it. Yeah, I mean, and because Delic kind of sounds like Demic, like academic, a- Alpha Delic academic. They're at school. They're in a sorority. Fuck you. I was happy. I with mean, it. so it's better than old show. It's, it's better than you usually do. It. Yeah, I agree with both of the prior two statements. Before we start talking about Black Christmas, let's get into what else has been rocking our horror worlds this week. Um, Jake, what else have you got going on besides watching Black Christmas in the horror world this week? In the horror world this week, all the talk that we had about, um, was that two episodes ago? Shit, that might have been two episodes ago at this point. Wow. Yep. Time Time moves fast, huh, buddy? Uh, We talked about what could happen when you have someone who isn't a horror fan because horror is scary, like watching a horror film. We were, we were yeah. talking about my significant other, and she and I decided to watch a Christmas-themed horror movie this week. We watched Gremlins. Classic. Have to do it every December, right? Yes! Good one. Very much enjoyed my viewing experience of that, as good as it always is. I don't really have much to say about the movie because everyone knows what that movie's about. She had not seen it say- all the way through, which is obviously not shocking considering what we know about her and her affinity for horror. Um, there were definitely moments where she was covering her eyes, so she did find it scary. There's your answer. Wow. I will say that's the oh, only God. horror movie I can get my mom to watch because she mm. fucking loves how cute Gizmo is. Gizmo's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the Mogwai are pretty cute, though. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. well, until they turn into gremlins. Whatever happened with the Furby thing? Did Furby actually steal gremlins? Did they pay them money? Whatever ended up happening there. 
I I don't know. I'm not up on my Furby case law, Jack. That's your job. How your legal dare guy. you? Your legal guy. Yeah. <laughs> don't you have like a PubMed for for law stuff that you can just type yes, Furby into? It, I yes. I yeah. actually probably will be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, Jake, I you got anything else? Access. Uh, the only other thing I have isn't really news at this point, but we aren't really a news based organization. So I'd just like to get your guys' thoughts on it. We talked about how, um, a project called the God Particle is actually Cloverfield mm-hmm. 3 recently, and it was yes. slated to come yep, out yes. in February. That is no longer the case. It's now, Shocking. yeah, that's right. It's now apparently coming out October 27th. So it's moved way the fuck back. That is a big backlog. As compared yeah. to... That makes more sense. Backlog wasn't the right term for me to use. Yeah, that's no. shockingly inaccurate, actually. He should be ashamed. <laughs> it's a lot of slack time, is what you're saying. But for something like Cloverfield, it almost feels like the wrong way of the two to go. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, because what was great about Cloverfield, yeah. the original had very little notice before, boom, here's this yeah, thing. I've, the second one released the, the Super Bowl trailer, I think was the first big thing about it, and then movie came out three months later. Like, not even quite three months. And so, yeah. I'm confused about what you're saying. This seems like it's the appropriate thing for this movie to do, since there's been absolutely no marketing surrounding it yet. No, the, no, Cloverfield movies should not have any information about them and then delay. Like I think they've not, hit that critical mass. They don't want mass. you to build anything I just up. think they've hit that critical mass of the franchise, like where obviously the first one wasn't going to garner any sort of press prior to release because who knows like what that's about or who cares more likely. And right. with the second right. one, it hit and then it was pretty quick. And with this one, it kind of leaked, I'm feeling like, and they just aren't ready with the product. Um, so I think, so I think what the answer is that the landscape's changed. That kind of sucks. For that particular IP. I, maybe maybe I'm misremembering this, but uh, didn't... Uh, am I correct in remembering that they have officially canceled the God Particle and it's now just Cloverfield 3? I mean, I feel like that's an accurate I enough no way idea. to look at it. God, okay. God I, Particle, I might be making that up. God Particle equals Cloverfield 3. I mean, yeah. It is the same. So, yep. Not sure what you're saying. <laughs> Well, is I, it, is I, it I thought there was an, titled, an official the thing that came out from Bad Robot that says this is that the project titled God Particle is just a project name and it's actually Cloverfield 3. That's yes, that's accurate. Okay. Oh, so it will never be called the God. No, it's not going to be like or Cloverfield 3, the God Particle. I think that, that that leans very heavily towards this having been leaked then. Yeah, that, no, that's okay. all I have. Good work. It's been busy. That sucks. Shut the fuck Mark, up. Mark, what do you got? Don't... I got I got two things. Oh. Um. I'm going to start with the non, non-Christmas non themed one. Um, I saw James Wan's Lights Out. Mm. Obviously mm. made out of Same the, reaction. Uh, the feature-length film, not the short film. I didn't watch the short film. I've seen that before. Well, that also wasn't made by James Wan. Well, <laughs> neither, was the, neither was the feature. It was, no, it wasn't. Oh, that's what you're saying. No, no, I'm saying neither was. He, he just well, put his money was, behind it. It's David F. Sandberg. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Fine, fine. The feature length, oh, you guys, god damn it! The feature length lights out Accuracy, movie. I saw it. Um, I I don't really want to say too much about it because I feel like this is probably still one that you guys will want to see, mm. and maybe a lot of the people who actually listen to this podcast haven't seen yet. Um, in short, I thought it was a pretty linear movie. There weren't, I mean, this might be giving a little bit away, but there weren't a lot of twists and turns to it. It's just a people getting haunted by a demon type movie. That's fine. Demon. Watchable? Uh, demon might not be the right word to use there. Either. It's just like, whatever. 
you you get what it is from the short film. So a thing, yeah. Basically yeah. the same thing. Sure. Watchable? Oh, yeah. Certainly watchable. How okay. recommended? Um, I, I'd give it a soft recommend. Uh, the wife liked it a lot more than I did, so I don't Why? know. I don't know what clicked with her that didn't click with me, but you didn't ask that she question. would give it a stronger recommend than I did. Okay. You didn't ask. Can you bring her here for us to interrogate her? No. Good. Okay. Great. That's a smart move. Yeah, that's probably good. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how well how well did it adhere to sort of the atmosphere that was built in the first one? Because it seems that that's just that's kind of the million dollar question, right? Is they bet the house on the creepiness that was established in a short like that to be sustained for a feature. And I just don't think you can do that. But if it was anywhere close, that's pretty commendable. I mean, the opening, the opening uh, sequence is very similar to the two minute long short film. Sure. Um, it, I mean, you see it basically in the, the trailer for that movie. Mm-hmm. The, when she, the, that yeah. chick who you thought Five was the minute long trailer? Me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's like literally the first scene in the movie. Um, the trailer should have just been a short. And then there's it should have been so short. And then there's one or two other scenes where there's they kind of do similar stuff with that, and then the rest of it is just like they they don't really play with it a lot. And that was kind of what I what I disliked about it is I just think they could have gone a lot more creative directions, and they did use some stuff uh, that was relatively creative, but meh, I don't know. Okay, got it. The other movie I watched was uh, a Christmas horror story. Uh-huh. Which is a with Bill Shatner, yeah, with good old Billy Shatner, um, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an anthology movie. Uh, there's like four stories, kind of all happening around the same town. Um, I, I we don't really need to get into it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> so was it surprisingly good movie? I don't know. I it think just sounds like a... trick or treat for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it more or less is. Uh, and I feel like I probably liked it more than I would have had I gone in with high expectations. Uh-huh. So go in expecting it to be kind of trashy, and then you'll probably enjoy it just as much as I did. So, so right. not like, I like, not that like Trick or Treat. Though. But yeah, I mean, I definitely do recommend it if you're looking for Christmas horror, and you've already watched Gremlins and Black Christmas and other Christmas Krampus. Krampus. Krampus, yes. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did you watch that? Netflix. So okay. Oh, so that's shit. Yeah. Um, and as far as lights nice. out, I rented it on Netflix. I got the DVD in the mail, the old school way. Oh, uh, so that was, right, that was not on stream. Did you watch it on your web TV? No, that doesn't well, even I mean, make I sense because that TV. wouldn't play DVDs. But yeah. I still think it was a funny joke. It, it <laughs> joke, move past it. The joke was awful. <laughs> We're gonna move along. <laughs> That's all I got, Jack. Jack, do your thing. I like you, Mark. I have a Christmas thing and a couple of non-Christmas things. Non-Christmas wise, I've been. Uh, I downloaded the audiobook of uh, It, just because I haven't read that book in 15 years. Okay. And there's discussions of the remake of it coming out and uh, all that shit. And so I just, I wanted to read it again, but, you know, fuck reading. So I downloaded the audiobook of it. <laughs> Who's got time to read um, things? You're always bringing the books to the table, <laughs> and this time you couldn't even read a book. No, I didn't even read it, and nor did I even finish listening uh, to it. I've just been working my way through uh, it. I brought a book, to uh, but I'm enjoying one. it. It's pretty good. Good uh, for you. Enjoy good it. For you. Yeah. Uh, movie wise, I watched The Pack because uh, uh. it just popped up on Netflix, um, which is what like a 2013 movie, 2015, 2015. Those movie. are different years. About some scary dogs. Um, it's not great. Better or worse <laughs> than Cujo. Mm, I don't like Cujo that much, so 
about on par with Cujo. Okay, better or worse than Sandlot? Worse than Sandlot. That's fair. That's a good assessment. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Sandlot's great. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it has a scary uh, dog um, in it. I'm trying to think of scary dog movies. Dog it is soldiers? heavily, heavily reliant on jump scares. And the people in it fall victim more traditionally than I've seen in quite some time to the people in horror movies make stupid decisions trope. It's <laughs> kind of infuriating. Up, so did you yeah, like did that. you watch that before or after Black Christmas? Uh, I watched it before. Does that statement still stand? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and then Christmas-wise, uh, my lovely wife and I watched uh, Krampus. Krampus. Krampus is awesome. It totally holds up. I had ex- almost exactly as much fun watching it this year as I did last year. Uh, great are time. You, Still a great movie. Are you able to shed any more light on what language the grandma speaks? It's German. We well, know that. Right, but like, does she also speak other languages? We, no, it's it's exactly as incomprehensible. <laughs> okay. About when she speaks German to the kid, when she speaks English to the kid, who else speaks German to her. It's <laughs> It's a nightmare. Okay, good. It's also, Krampus's overall plan is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but the movie itself, fun, good, holds up. Krampus still looks fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, that's I, forever. I will that's say there is a Krampus. Thing. This isn't spoiling anything because this is this is the hero image for the Christmas horror story uh, on Netflix. But there is a Krampus. In... Well, that could ruin a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a Krampus in a Christmas horror story, and it is not as good as the Krampus movie. No, that would be very difficult good. to be as good. It's spoiler alert. A minotaur. I will. I think I said this the first time we watched Krampus, or at least uh, wrote it, because I don't think we were doing the podcast at that point. Um, I wasn't even here for that. So no, no, yeah, no, it was a that year was like the ago. second movie you guys did. That might have been the yeah. But the scene where they're like trapped inside and all the power's going out and they're locked in and they look outside and there's a shitload of snowmen out snowmen in the dark. Snowmen is my favorite. Yeah, they're like creepy. <laughs> that is still so creepy. Yeah, the snowmen were definitely so my favorite creepy. part of the movie. There's some aspects of legit scary horror creepiness in there. Yeah. <laughs> as well as that's one of them. Gingerbread man is definitely among them. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 1974's Black Christmas. Now, we're going to have to come up with how we're doing this in order-wise, because I don't think anybody really picked this movie, right? It's just seasonal? Uh, yeah, I think we all agreed on this one. I disagree with you guys, that. Yeah. No, I picked this who, one. Who picked yeah. it? Okay, good. I was going to say, you were the one pushing for the seasonal stuff anyway, so yeah. you... Give us the first. We're we're gonna talk about what the fuck category subgenre oh. of horror this thing falls into. You, you Ooh, fuck the title. I fucked up. it up. Botch job. Man, uh, Jake, give us a category horror this thing fits the fuck into. Genre. Jesus. Jack, the first. I'm having a stroke. I think probably. <laughs> the first Hold subgenre this thing fits the fuck into is slasher. Thank you. Yes. Well, that's that's it's accurate. it's one of the movies that's really really kicked off the modern interpretation of what a slasher film is that's undeniable which is interesting it is interesting more on that to come because it's not a slasher i mean Um, it's a slasher no it's it's a slasher for historical i understand exactly what you're saying but like if if you watch this in a vacuum and you had to ascribe yeah like subgenres to this thing subcategories it doesn't feel like one in a lot of ways thank you mark 
There's there's basically no slashing that happens. Uh, there's a little there's bit. A- there's there's unicorn themed slashing, so there's that. But it's also no. the the final girl and getting picked off one by one and the all that stuff. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, there's there's it's, some elements look, to it. But a, this is if you're going in expecting this to be a bloodbath, this is not the slasher you are looking for. Well, that's uh, this is not the slasher you're looking for. Thank you. This <laughs> <laughs> solid analysis. <laughs> it like I said, it kind of kicked off what this genre like came to be in the modern sense it definitely does not have every single trope you would look for but it's also a movie from 1974 like it's not going to have the same sort of viscera that you might come to expect that's true sure yeah, so, yeah, yeah. i mean it, it, it's kind of on the heels of like psycho and peeping tom and a few of those and i guess texas yeah. chainsaw when did texas chainsaw come out that was 78 no 70 70 something <laughs> welcome to the a to z horror looks up dates when movies came out podcast I think I think it came out after uh, after Texas Chainsaw, but of those, I mean Texas Chainsaw is like a way outlier as far as gore at the time. Every all the other ones there are much more like psychological slasher type things. Right. What are the other ones of the time though? Like, what are the other early seventies big classic slashers? Well, I'm not talking early seventies. I'm talking um, I'm talking Psycho and Peeping Tom. Okay. Sure. Which were late sixties. Psycho though. <laughs> what What do you mean Psycho though? There's not a lot. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of gore in uh, Psycho either. There's just the yeah. That's scene. what I mean. Psycho was gory by featuring the first time a toilet flush I, on TV I, on, tel- on a movie. I don't know why you're comparing that, it to right now. Okay, Jack or Jake, what did you have to say about it? <laughs> you were about to say something. Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out ten days before. Wow, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> so suck it. Go. Good yeah. at math again. Yeah, 1974. Uh, I'm just going to jump in right now and move us to the next thing and say holiday. It's a holiday movie. Well, this is holiday in the same sense that Halloween is holiday, which is they made the movie and then they decided to splice in random shots of like holiday things. But it's Uh, also set on Christmas, right? That's why your dad's coming into town. Yeah. And the whole point, and there's carolers and stuff, but like the whole point is that it's a fucked up thing to happen in the middle of like the jolliest time of the year. Sure. So Um, there's like that, that tone to it. But outside of that, there's not a lot here that I mean, actually indicates Christmas I, from lighting. I understand what you mean, and I don't disagree with you, but to play devil's advocate, not even really play devil's advocate, I would just argue that this is still, when you compare it to Halloween, significantly more of a holiday movie than Halloween was a Halloween movie. Yeah, it it is more than Halloween was. Absolutely. Because at least... The carolers yeah, alone. Yeah, there's carolers, and there's lights, <laughs> the and at carolers least... carolers alone! carolers alone man and there's lights and at least they open with like a christmas party and then there's the scene with like the drunk asshole dude who's santa who i was sure was gonna get slashed the first time i saw this and he never got slashed he was just like fuck this yeah i never got slashed because this it really isn't much of a slasher oh going back that's a callback to an earlier that's a callback to like 20 seconds ago bro still a callback oh my god Jack, you don't know how i'm gonna let Jack. you don't know how long i'm gonna let the scarecrow song that's play. true <laughs> Jack, do your thing what's the next one it's a classic okay um th- i mean it helped define the slasher genre as we know it today that's fair imdb uh, informs not... me that this is both steve martin and elvis presley's favorite movie hmm. like period god, favorite I overall do not movie. like elvis presley that makes me like the movie less <laughs> wow <laughs> sorry about rather that. than like elvis more huh what's that never mind I'm not, it's not worth it. Jesus yep. Christ. Jake, another subgenre. Foreign. Yeah. It's kind of. Yep. It's Canadian. Barely. It's Canadian. Barely. Get out of here. It's, it's like within 30, it's within like 30 miles of the U.S. That's everywhere in Canada, bro. 
that people live. <laughs> Canada's very small. <laughs> oh, and There's it's like them- no, land no, no, no. This is also thematically Canada because it's all about some shit happening in an attic. <laughs> it took me a minute. It took me a minute to get there, and now I understand. I have intelligent humor. It takes a minute to catch up. It's okay, Mark. Yeah. Okay. I like foreign. Mark, what else you got? Um, house. Actually, oh, this what, definitely does this house. count as home invasion. I I was thinking home invasion. Like I no. think it isn't, but it's uh, just not. Well, yeah. Mark, no, but yeah, but no. I mean, it does have more home invasion stuff than your average slasher does because he hides and lives in the attic for a while. He invades their home. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of my point. That yeah yeah, yeah. I think overall no, it doesn't fit in. But okay. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I'm, I, we're at the point of the segment where we start to reach for things that don't make any sense, and then get offended. I've got another so, you guys so on that note, sci-fi. <laughs> I, no, I've got another legit one. I think. Okay, okay, do it. Independent. I can't argue that. I can't argue that because I have no idea what happened with the development of this movie. So, so I'll tell you a little bit about it. I did some research, and I still don't definitively know. It was distributed by Warner Brothers, so that hurts so, my argument. Yeah, that that's not, significantly okay. hurts your argument. Your argument... But it was produced by a company called Film Funding Limited of Canada Ambassador Films. (laughs) And when you plug that into Google, you get this movie, is what shows up. It's just this? Okay. So that, combined with the budget of about half a million dollars, says to me, independent. Uh, And it's got kind of an indie vibe to it. I mean, yeah, it has an indie vibe to it. Well, that's certainly true. It's low budget. By the indie vibe. Cost half a million dollars to make. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right. Well, so it was the early seventies. How much? How much did uh, did Texas Chainsaw take? Not much either. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre but that is was... clearly a low budget movie. Yeah, and also Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. cost half that to make. So this is wow. a high budget movie. Is what you're telling well, me. comparatively speaking, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much saying. Transformers three. Pretty much. Uh, I think that uh, basically ends the segment with the Transformers <laughs> 3 reference. Then, did you guys have anything else? As, I think as most of our segments end, I think we, I think we've exhausted the list of categories. I think you've exhausted. Into does have trees. is three dark of the moon. Does have a house. Uh, yes. I once won Whoa. five dollars off of Jack by betting him what the uh, subtitle of each Transformers movie was called. It's still upsetting to me that you got those right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> me too. Me too, buddy. I think we established this previously, but correct me if I'm wrong. Jake, this was a Jake-picked movie. This was a Jake-picked movie, Jack. Which means what we're going to do now is we're going to toss 30 seconds on the clock, yep. and you're going to hit us with a 30-second plot summary wrap-up roundup. Such a good name for the segment. I'm good at naming things. Yeah, buddy. we've established that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 30 seconds on the clock starts when you start. So a dude jumps into an attic window, who is in the first person a la Halloween type slasher movies. He then proceeds to pick off sorority sisters who live in the house, who are there immediately prior to a Christmas break. As the movie progresses and each one begins to die, they begin to think that it's one of their boyfriends, Peter, who is a musician. At the end of the movie, he is dead, and they think they've caught the killer, but as the final girl lie recovering, we note that the killer is still alive and in the house. Also, it's Canadian. (laughs) We'll give it to you only because the also it's Canadian has nothing to do with the plot. Correct. And I gave you a little bit of an extra half second because I I knew you were right there. It was over. It was perfect. Yeah. Perfectly timed. Yeah. That's (laughs) so let's. Well, that's 
let's start where that one ended and talk about the Canadianness, can can canon Canadianness of this. Nailed it. Sure. Yeah. It's a hard. It's a hard word to say. Uh, so my understanding is that this is based off of a slew of murders that happened in Montreal. Montreal. Like, yeah. This movie was yeah. being made. Like Maybe. It's not clear that those murders actually happened, though. It's based on an urban legend, right? Yeah. Wait, That's kind of called the the, I, I the babysitter and the man upstairs. Oh, well, it's so an there, urban there legend is that in one, Canada. Yes, but yeah, and that's what it's based. on. I think on. that's a creepy pasta. Well, that urban legend originated in Quebec. That's K definitely not a creepy pasta. Quebec. I don't know what creepy pastas are, Mark. You've explained it to me on the podcast before, but I cut it out, so it was boring. I'm not going to ask again, so we'll just move past oh, it. Oh shit! Um, Jake's beer's overflowing. We're off to a rolling start. Mark, talk about what you wanted to talk about. Uh, so I guess the first really notable scene to talk about is is that this the whole like thing that keeps recurring in this movie is that they get these fucking weird phone calls at this at this uh, sorority house of just a dude making like pig noises and talking to himself in different voices and, and also like, like masturbating noises, all kinds of noises. And uh, I mean, they're sometimes really... they're the same thing. You know what I mean, buddy? I generally separate them. Uh, they they fall into slightly different categories in my MP3 folder on my computer. <laughs> but huh. hey, your you terabyte know, hard drive. I'm not here to judge. None of us are, Mark. Anyways, what the, is your point? The sorority girls are here to judge, and they oh they put God. the thing on like as close to speakerphone as they can get in the 1970s by by holding yep. the thing up and provoking him like openly, which seems yep. like a bad idea in retrospect. In retro, I mean, in, in retrospect. retrospect but in not retrospect, if it is just some creep calling him, then she fucks with him pretty yeah. well. Well, and also future spec, because the chick who dies first also specifically said that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, but she's just a killjoy. She wasn't even drinking at the time. Yeah, yeah she's a professional virgin, this, as it, is noted. Yeah, if this movie teaches you anything, it's don't be a virgin who doesn't drink. Yeah, and by the way, Mark, professional virgin was going to be my backup, was, was my backup way to introduce you. Uh -huh. Wow, so I didn't even guess the backup. I guessed, like, the third or fourth or you have never come two. anywhere near anything that was in my consciousness i feel like that's probably a good thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that was a, that actually brings up another thing that is interesting about this movie which is that the virgin innocent chick dies first yeah not yeah. not slasher trope material well no. it established some of the tropes uh, but not this one it did not, not establish this one. i said some of them i said some of them that's not a connection. You do you know how logic works, Jack? <laughs> no. Okay. Clearly, not. clearly not. He's bad at logic. I'm bad at math. We've established these things. Uh, and that takes us to the scene where she actually, so she like in a in a storm of anger, or whatever, goes upstairs to pack, and it's like the most ridiculous vamping that you will hear off of this podcast ever. It's it's oh, so it's she's, pretty great. She's trying to find the cat named Claude. I think. Claude. Yeah, I think what so. else are you gonna name a Canadian Cloud. cat? Cloud. And it's and it's she's like drawn to the closet by the sounds that the supposed cat is making, and it's literally her approaching the closet, being like Claude, 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 who's there? Claude, Claude, is that you? Claude, Claude, who's there? <laughs> is someone there? Is someone? There? It's a, like a forty-five second long scene of just her inching closer and closer to Claude, Claude. Anyone? Who's? <laughs> is someone? Oh, Claude, is that you? Claude, you minx. She doesn't say that. I said that. That would be a better line. My Claude, point is. You <laughs> my point is <laughs> that point? scene was very difficult to watch sure what do yeah. you guys think that was the, the longest like... fucking explanation for i did not enjoy that scene i have ever heard in my life <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't say claude quite enough yeah. times claude what okay. did you guys think of the actual murder scene or the vamping 
Either of them. I didn't... So the first murder scene is where the killer strangles her with plastic wrap. Yes. Right? And the scene itself was fine. But what I found more effective about it is the times later on when it just lingers on, yeah. like... Yep. Her, her face behind the plastic wrap in the foreground, but a little bit out of focus with the camera looking out the attic window at whatever's happening in the street. Yeah. Those scenes I thought were great. Those are great. Lingers on that brutal-looking face for a long time. Especially because one of them specifically zooms in on her father who's looking for her, which is yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. So I, the, the murder up. scene itself was whatever. It was no strangling with someone with plastic wrap like from the last broadcast, but it was Although, fine. might be connected. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that, but they did a better job with it in the last broadcast. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, the scene itself did nothing for me, but everything they were able to use that particular mechanism for later in the movie did a lot for me. I mean, that's the poster for the movie, and this is, like, one of my favorite horror movie posters of all time, because it's just, like, white poster, Christmas wreath, and then in the middle is, like, her dead body on the chair in the plastic wrap. Absolutely. It's fucking crazy. And then one of the best taglines for a movie I've ever seen anywhere are either of you... Jake, you must be, because you know the poster. Yeah. Mark, are you aware of the tagline for this movie? I am not. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight! <laughs> Exclamation point. That's on the poster. It's so now, good. Now, apart from the, the ambiguous use of a pronoun there, yeah. I like that tagline very much. I just like it. It's not clear if it is refer if the thing that's too tight is your mood this your skin or the movie. I think it's, it's the very movie. Clearly, the skin. Well, eh? I wouldn't know. They used an ambiguous there pronoun. You know, it's ambiguous. Split decision. Hey, speaking of much things- like the end of this movie. <clears throat> speaking of things that are uh, associated with the name of this movie, did you guys see the thing that this was also broadcast as Silent Night, Evil Night? Yes, that's because, the like American. Because they yeah. were concerned that that. This would be con- considered a black exploitation movie. Yes. Yep. That, which is says something for the time in which it was released. <laughs> yeah, in which there were black exploitation Christmas movies that were coming out, <laughs> not directed by Quentin Tarantino. Right. It's pretty great. It was yeah, also titled great. "The Stranger in the House" for a while, which is pretty on the nose, but whatever. Uh, let's get back to the plot. <laughs> well done, Mark. <laughs> I guess one thing that surprised me about all of this was that it's. Almost more of a whodunit for a lot of the movie. Like, it's it's not even really a thriller for most of it. It's, like, just a detective story, kind of. Sort of. I don't know. building a lot of character with the house mom drinking out of every goddamn thing she can find. And, like, gleefully. Like, oh, that's yeah. not how I think actual extreme alcoholics work, where every time they find one of the bottles of liquor they've hidden, they're like, ooh, some liquor. Hooray. <laughs> Hot dinner. Isn't my life fun? So that's, that's <laughs> the other thing, is she's drinking Italian Swiss Colony, which is, like, a... Port. She's drinking port. Hey, man. Which I just for the for the record, I did look at the liquor store to see if we they had Italian Swiss Colony, and I would have been <laughs> chugging port had I found it, but I could not find it. So, with that being said, let me ask this: Who just chugs port? Was it uh, Bukowski? It was one of these famous alcoholic authors. This is gonna make me that's like every author, bro. Idiot. Sure, <laughs> I think it was Bukowski. One of them. Like in the throes, the extreme throes of his alcoholism, decided I'm only ever going to drink champagne because I hate champagne, and that'll make me stop drinking alcohol. I don't think that was so. Bukowski. He bought a shitload of crates of champagne. Yeah, and yeah, no, Bukowski never tried to stop no. drinking. That was that was Ernest Hemingway. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, literate man. You don't listen to your books on Audible, I bet. Ooh, I'm Mark. I actually listen to all my books with Leslie just reading them to me <laughs> by candlelight, Mark. By candlelight, Christmas tree light. Mark, does your wife read you bedtime stories? 
Yeah, mostly by alcoholic authors. Oh, okay. So you're, like, yeah. in your pajamas she in bed, and she's sitting on the side of the bed tucking you in and reading, like, For Whom the Bell Tolls? Yeah. To be I'm, fair, I'm, it's also 5 p.m. on a Friday, and he's in his pajamas, yeah. so I'm, I feel like that's <laughs> married life, I'm right? In my, I'm in my Donatello Ninja Turtles onesie, and she's tucking me in, and she's reading the, me The Fisherman in the Sea, or The Grapes of Wrath, or something. I'm very cultured. I'm trying really hard not to take this back to a wishbone discussion. Yeah, we're not doing that again for a um, second week in the row. I, I, I'm no. literally always in that state of being. <laughs> well, I just, to this day, there's still a lot of books I don't know if I've actually read or if I've seen the wishbone episode about. I think I've made that point on this podcast before. But I genuinely don't know if I've read Don Quixote or if I've just seen the wishbone episode about Don Quixote. It's Don Quixote. Oh, See, just I've probably it. just seen the yeah, wishbone. Yeah, you No, I probably read it. I probably just read it then, because they never pronounce it in the book. And and you organically came up with how to say Quixote from Quixote. I did. I was a smart kid, Mark. You were. Not anymore. <laughs> I feel okay. like you just changed positions of that joke from me. Nah. Holy mm. fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open another beer. So <laughs> we're a professional, we're a professional podcast unit. Let's do this thing. Bringing you back, bringing you back, all the way back. <laughs> so one of the things that kind of caught me immediately is there was a very strange dynamic I thought for these girls to have. Like you're living in the same sorority house. I understand the trying to establish the kind of prudish, won't drink tension with the partier girl, but she she right. didn't she wasn't really a partier as I would think of one, right? She would just seem kind of like an alcoholic, and that might be because she looked like she was 35 years old. She looked so old. <laughs> Habitual smoker. I don't, I don't think they really did subtlety well in the 70s. No, no. Or yeah. in Canada. That I think it's more of a Canadian thing than a 70s <laughs> a thing, Mark. Thing. <laughs> so actually... We, in the States in the 70s, we had subtlety nails. I'm going to blame <laughs> everything on this movie, in this movie that I do not like on Canada, including my inability to speak in sentences. Yeah. Well, that's afflicting all of us. And frankly, I think it's because of this movie's Canadianness. Ah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's 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 so, technically Canadianness. Oh god, Mark. I like that you didn't even start that with a hard cuss sound. <laughs> sure I did. The record will show that I did. Will it? It might. Nope. We'll have to find Somebody out. start talking about the movie again, please. Yeah, I tried to bring us back and then Mark just goddamn idiot again. Um I wanted to talk about the the girl who Spoiler alert, will be the final girl of this movie, Jess. Um, ambiguous yep. accent, Jess, I would say. Oh, yeah, very. Jesus. What was that? that? What was that? It's, it's literally nothing. It's like it's half inexplicable. Vague yeah. European. Like, her name is. Yeah, her name is. Just exotic. Her name is Jess Bradford, and she sounds like she was born in Luxembourg or some shit. <laughs> born in Luxembourg, raised in Australia, moved to England. If someone's begging for money and I'm around and they're asking me directly for money and I need to pretend I don't speak English, that's about the level of accent I could come up Pretty with. Pretty much. Why would you pretend that you don't speak English by pretending that you're British? Hmm. Well, not just generic European. I mean, it's it's very clearly supposed to be like some type of British accent or British colony accent, I think. Anyway. But she's someone who learned how to speak English with that accent. I'm someone who never did. In these fake scenarios when people are asking me for money. So you you speak another language with a vague British accent? Yes. Okay. Anyway. It's a deep, rich backstory I developed for all my characters. Anyway. And as we've established on the show, I'm great at accents, so it works really well. 
Anyway. <laughs> I'm a Swedish plumber. <laughs> Jake, Jake, say things. Please. <laughs> That's going to be a scare. I am continuing to recount. Jesus Christ, you guys disappoint me. I am continuing to recount how strange of a dynamic there is in this movie between the characters. So you have vague accent Jess, who is impregnated by baby daddy Peter, who looks like fucking yep. John Paul Jones. And what is his deal? He's like a graduate student pianist at this movie. And I first of all, so. like, let me also say piano player. Don't say pianist. It just makes you sound like you're saying penis. <laughs> well, you're the one who said it. And idiot. then I corrected myself quickly, swiftly, Jack, swiftly. Piano player, Peter. John Paul Jones. We'll just call him John Paul okay, Jones. Okay, so John Paul Jones is what? Rehearsing for some... Like, what is the point of that for the plot? How does that help this movie in any way, shape, or form? He's a tortured artist. Oh, God. I, I don't know... I don't know what graduate degrees in music look like. I assume you have to have some kind of thesis, something. And I guess for him, it appears to be a song he's been torturedly writing for a long time that he has to play that in sounds, front of a board I mean, of disapproving professors. To the credit of the movie... And the characterization of him as the serial killer, it is dark as fuck. It like is. he never it's moves. It's not to, even. He never moves to the right side of the keyboard. Yeah, it's no. all on it's the all, lower bass. It's end. all bomb- bombast. That's all it is. Yeah. Parts of it are cool, interesting, like cacophonous music. Parts of it just sound like me banging on a piano. Which is, I mean, that's the point, right? Because it doesn't go well. Of course, he's a terrible musician. Which I feel like, yeah, exactly. That's I feel like that's what the uh, that's what the like America's Got Talent panel that he was performing for said <laughs> off screen because they didn't show that. But it's just yeah, it's I could just see trying to make a like, joke there, but I realize there, I don't know any of the judges. No, fuck that. Uh, me neither. They all blend together at this point. Yeah, it just it creates such a weird aura. Like everything that's happening around, like the central. There's a dude in the attic killing people one by one everything that's happening what's the point it, it really feels like they're focusing on him so much to establish him as the i killer. never got that like i knew i knew that they were like trying to i guess at a certain point but it never yeah i'm not saying it worked i'm just saying that's what they were yeah, trying yeah it never do. felt yeah i mean i feel like it there is there's a definitive feel of who done it in this and with the with the who done it subgenre of thrillers or whatever you want to call them it's you know you're constantly guessing it's like it's the Scooby Doo model where they introduce a bunch of characters and you have to guess from those characters I don't who know, is man. actually the bad guy. I feel like here's here's my thing. I never suspected him as the killer. I don't know if either of you guys did. Did you? Nope. What? Oh yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You're oh. supposed to. So I, I, okay. I felt so like then that in my I knew p- I was playing into the hand of the movie. Right. And even when at the end you think it's him, I knew I was just like, oh, I'll just believe it's him. Fine. I like so, I like to play along. <sighs> And then be surprised, even though I know I'm going to be surprised. We usually talk about this earlier, but had either of you ever seen this movie before? No. I also have not no. seen the remake. Yeah, I'd seen nothing. I, I heard, I knew about it, but that's I hadn't all. seen it. Yeah. Have either of you guys seen the remake then? No. Nope. Okay, well, cool. We're, so we're all in the same boat. I never thought it was really trying to make him the killer because... Going back to, like, when Jess visited him while he was rehearsing and then he was actually reciting whatever. I thought Jake. that that was happening simultaneous to 
stranger in the attic like jacking off on corpses and stuff. Those Jake, things to oh. me, the lead. There was no way he could have been in the other place at that time. Jake, the lead detective in the movie explicitly states that he's like the main suspect. How did you not think it was him? Be- well, for I, the I reasons know what I just saying. said. It does establish it. I could see that you could buy it as he's the movie is showing you he's not the killer. While the people in the movie think he is, they're showing you he's not by yeah. paralleling his actions with the killer's it, actions, making yeah. you think it they're happening like at the same time. It felt like it was too simultaneous to the events of the film that were happening in the house. It felt like he was I never got that vibe, but I could see how you might. The house. That's how I felt sure. watching it. Um, but also, to, to elaborate on that, this wouldn't be the... F- well, this actually might be the first time that a movie has used creative chronological editing to make it seem like someone's not the killer. Yeah. I mean... I... I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was just my subconscious at play, but like I, I felt like they made a decent case for him being the killer until the very ending, which we will talk about eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while I get where you're coming from, Jake, I didn't get that vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, fair. Yeah. So then I feel like the movie's just a lot of filler of the angry dad coming in and seeing posters of people having sex. Is that a famous poster? I don't think so. No, not in the, okay I mean, in the sense that I have because that's seen just it, a, it's not a. Poster of people slamming. I think it's two chicks slamming. Is it? I, no. I, yeah, it's two. It's two people slamming. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Being very gender neutral here. I mean, look, just mechanically, I I don't. I'm not that familiar uh, with how lesbians have sex, but I I don't. There's believe a South it. Park episode about it, actually. I don't like so South Park. You should watch I don't that. believe it to be uh, that you could have the legs and the way they were positioned there and be getting anything done. So that gets us roughly to the point where the house mom gets murdered. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of the her climbing into the attic to look for the cat even though the door is shut scene? Absur- it, it's again, absurdly stupid yeah. it's behavior. Stupid. But, but it's also sort of explained by the fact that she's got more bo- Why do you buy port in such small amounts when you consume such large quantities of it? Because <laughs> you gotta hide them, man. You gotta fit them into books and, and toilet. Key. Look, I'm not that. I'm not that much of an alcoholic. I don't not understand it. But it's it's kind of the same thing as McNulty in The Wire when he's buying like the little small bottles of Jamo to take with him to crime scenes and pugging off those. What you're gonna drink a lot of Jameson? Buy more of it. It's cheaper. I don't think there's alcoholics a- are not known for their economical decisions. Yeah. I and guess. I don't think there's any science to support your claim. I've seen Pod, and there are definitely more beer cans in frame than was in the Alcoholics House in that film on your screen right now. It... <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that's your true. Right now, <laughs> yeah. in that there are four beer cans. Well, she had she had screen? one bottle of beer neatly placed by a sink, and she was an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish our discussion about that movie was on was on tape. Oh my god, that'd be nice. Set design. Uh, so yeah, she gets she gets hooked, which I actually ah. kind of liked. It was that's a pretty brutal kill for a movie. The murder kill, the, the like actual the murder kill, the actual kill scene is pretty good. It's it's all right. The murder kill, as we the, mur- the murder the murder kill. kill, as they refer to it in the industry. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, as we refer to it in the industry. <laughs> industry people, Jack. <laughs> yes, that's us now. <laughs> Yay. Oh my it was fine. I didn't. It was fine. It it didn't do it much for fine. me. There it was, was it very was very similar to like, the first. You see very well, little. It, there and was a she long. Died. There was a long. There was a long pause between her like looking over and seeing the murdered chick, whatever her name was, the girl who dies first, uh-huh. with the bag still over her head and the rocking chair, uh-huh. and she's like, "Plan it cool." And then, again, she's like, "Fucking Claude." 
Claude? <laughs> Who's there? Is that Claude? Claude, where are you, buddy? There's a lot of Claude-based vampires. Also, how long has it been since she's seen this cat? Why does she think it's up there? And why does she, she? Why is she worrying about it? Like Claude's gonna live in this house regardless of whether or not she leaves for the fucking like. I don't know. I assume she's going to Southern California or something. Like that's a weird assumption. I don't know. Palm Desert. That's where. That's where people go. Palm Springs. Anyways, she's, she's, Palm she's Springs leaving in Florida. For, I think no. Palm she's, Springs in California. Whatever. I was she's there a month leaving ago. For, oh. She's leaving well, for whoops. the holiday vacation. Why does she need to find the cat beforehand? Well, like, what's she going to do to the cat that's going to save it from being in the house or something? Look, Mark, what are you talking about? None of the... I don't understand what her motivation is for finding the cat, is what I'm saying. Stupidity. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) To get her in the attic. Yeah, this is... This is uh, is the two guys at the helm, the directors, who are sacrificing her to the old gods. Yes. Pushing on their levers to pump pheromones in. Yes. This is all reference to the Cabin in the Woods podcast. Nice plug. Yeah. I love it. And and the movie. <laughs> the, well, and this movie. This is the stupidest well, no, and that possible movie. set of decisions that she could make. <laughs> <laughs> Old Chubb is kicking my ass right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a lot more to say about the film, you guys. <laughs> Jack in his in his typical the thing form of just like well so it opens and it's in Antarctica and I don't want to talk about it until the very end so what do you guys have to say about the end? Well, I'm a professional broadcaster, Mark. <laughs> no, I mean I also despite the complete idiocy of that statement, um, there isn't a lot that happens in this movie. They form the search party after Claire, who is the first one who dies, who's the prudish one. Her father comes to town and he's all kind of brooding and turn your nose uppy. Establish a search party. Girls are into it. They're going to find her. They find some, like, young girl's dead body out there in the woods somewhere. I don't know what that was right. about. Um, yeah, that was an interesting scene where it's just, they don't show what it is that they find. And it's just a close-up of, like, the people who are looking at it being, like, horrified. Aghast. Yeah, apparently something yeah. brutal. I'm assuming it's the same guy, like, spilling blood as he comes to enter this house as it's a sort of be. escape. It's got to from... be the same guy. Yeah, I mean, no shit, but, you know. You're, you're never told one way or another. You assume it's the same guy. He then entered the home where he's now killing the sorority sisters. He just has a thing about, you know, killing young to youngish women, I guess. Again, yeah. served the plot to a almost zero degree. Like, it, nothing that was happening around the core, this one gets killed, then this one gets killed, did anything for me. Yeah, no, it just sort of raises the stakes a little bit. But I even guess. so, like, there's already a serial killer, so, like, who, who they, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they did start a phone trace based off of the complaints of the main chick, whose name I don't remember. Jess. Uh, this is the part I wanted to jump to. Which which led me to understand that I have absolutely no fucking clue how phone tracing Well, works. you have to walk <laughs> through a room. A really big room. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark, you Looking do. This movie doesn't. Yeah. This isn't like us with VHSs. <laughs> I think you have a better idea of how that works than this movie does. So, they have a mechanical system. Which is a specific line from the movie. We have a mechanical system. You got to keep them on the line. So they they go off of like vibrations or something. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> it seems like there's some sort of electricity that's being like pull, pumped through some it's, sort of like circuit in a room full of millions. It's pretty of circuits. much a seismometer. Yeah, <laughs> some sort of electricity. <laughs> yeah, and it's connecting phones. There's some sort of electricity that's connecting phones. But this is this is what I wanted to get to. This is. The movie that originated the calls are coming from inside the house thing, huh? They no. literally use that line in this movie. Well, this is the movie they did it first. That 
urban legend had been around prior to this movie being written. Sure, but before seeing this movie, because I'd never seen it before, I always thought it was When a Stranger Calls. Oh, well, okay, fine, sure. That's fair. It, I, and, you knew I, it was from out... a story, though, before it was a movie. Like, even that absolutely, movie. Absolutely, I knew that was... Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I always thought that the first, like, movie to have it in there was When a Stranger Calls. And no, that was four years after this. Uh-huh. There you go. And then there cool, was the remake of that. of that with, uh, I think, Britney Snow or something like that, which was actually a pretty solid movie. I recommend it. I think it, I think it was Hayden Panettiere, and I, I liked oh, it. It was. It might have been, it it was, might have been Hayden Panettiere. It was. I also liked it. I didn't like it. That one, they have him take away her phone because she's using too many minutes because it's, like, culturally relevant. Yeah, those kids. <laughs> <laughs> they take away her cell phone. You fucking idiot. I hate it goes so from much. being, like, where is the actual landline to being, like, the GPS coordinates of the cell phone that's making the call. <laughs> I solid whatever. Anyways, let's get back to the movie we're actually reviewing for like the 80th time. So the next kill, <laughs> someone want to talk about it? Uh, I do only. I in don't the remember sense, what it is. Only in the sense that it's a chick being stabbed with a glass unicorn. Yeah. Oh, this it's one. The alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, the alcoholic lady is asleep. She's Not- so drunk she embarrasses nope. herself. They tell her, hey, spent- you're drunk, go home. But she's home, so she goes Every to bed. single scene of hers is her holding a bottle of whiskey in one hand, a glass in the other, and just pouring it in and going ham. Yeah. She's the only relatable character in I this know. movie. Which, I mean, like, welcome to my life, right? Hi-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you Not so hi-oh. much. I, I'm just expanding your, expanding your horizon. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Alcoholic girl got killed with a unicorn. Pretty brutally. This might be the most brutal kill of the movie because they actually like show things happening. Sort yeah, of. She's repeatedly stabbed. Yeah. Yep. I mean there is there is non-bloody unicorn horn turns kind of bloody unicorn horn. And then it's over. Yeah. And you, moving you, on. Yep. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> and I guess, special. I mean, that's, that's a little bit of commentary on the movie, right? Because yeah. like, that's the most brutal kill in the movie. And you don't really see much. Yeah. That's also, I feel like this is the same one where they do this a lot in this movie, where they cut between the sound that's happening in the scene where the murder is occurring and the scene that's happening like downstairs where there's carolers or something. So her screams right. are masked by. That was actually pretty oh, good. Holy night. That something. was pretty good. That is well, a good concept. It's really good. And it's, yeah. that is a trope that has existed in horror ever since. Like they do that. That's all well. Over and, and right. That's yeah. Barbara Kidder dying. Right. Uh, what's her name in the thing? Uh, Barbara. Well, <laughs> look who has Kidder. IMDb pulled up. Yeah, Barb. 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 Barb is the alcoholic. So Phil comes up and like is checking on Barb, right? Phil, uh, who I think is played by Andrea Martin, and this I name I do know because I have a quote pulled up from here. Somebody, Margot Kidder. Somebody interviewed Margot Kidder about this, and her recollection of the film was, "I really bonded with Andrea Martin." Filming in Toronto and Ontario, Olivia was a bit of an odd one. No, Olivia Hussey was a bit of an odd one. She was obsessed with the idea of falling in love with Paul McCartney through her psychic. We were a little hard on th- on her for things like that. Okay. The fuck kind of quote is that? I mean, falling in love with Paul McCartney through her psychic. What I does that mean? I can't tell if you're if you're. It means exactly what it means, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if you're making fun of the quote or of the one who is asking or hoping to fall in love with Paul McCartney through a psychic. I can't tell. Both of those and the journalist for not establishing what the fuck she's talking about more than that. That is just so wildly off topic. I can't even fucking. That's actually a good question. Was the follow up question to that just 
just a completely different thing, or did like they actually tease out the end of that sentence? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Well. And I'm also making fun of my journalism skills, because I did not do any more research into it. <laughs> <laughs> the journalist might have asked more questions, but... So, so Phil dies next. Just... Phil dies next. Yep. <laughs> she sure does. Oh, my God. Which she wasn't even the one that quote was about. <laughs> her name is Phyllis. And they call her Phil. So they call is, everyone short for their names, dude. Jessica's Jess, yes, Barbara's yeah. Barb, Phyllis is Phil, Claire is Claire, so it breaks down from there. Right. Sorority so, girls, so am I right? Jess and Barb are both names that people call themselves when they're women. I would challenge you to find a single woman who is named Phyllis, end of sentence, second sentence, and is also goes by Phil. And also goes by Phil. <laughs> Well, you struggled to get it out, but I somehow know what you mean there, bud. Yes, is the answer. <laughs> I don't even remember what sentence of yours I'm laughing at, but I was laughing so hard I didn't hear the last two you just said. So. My my point is that you don't generally come across that many female characters in films named Phil. We clearly have very little else to say about this movie, guys. No, <laughs> yeah, not really. True. I mean... So, I mean, really the logical conclusion huh, would be the end. And what do we have? We have Jess walking around the house because she's the last one left. She has a fireplace poker and she has under- come to understand that the calls are coming from inside the house because they've been able to trace it. The PI is like, get the fuck out of there. The calls are coming from inside the house. Blah. So she grabs a fireplace poker, walks around, is going to take this dude on. What happens? She gets into the basement. Uh, Peter shows up and she murders him. Yep. With that fireplace. But he poker. wasn't actually the killer. That's what we find out at the very end. When because then she dies. She does not die. She doesn't. She does not die. Did you see this movie? Nope. I fell asleep a little bit. Oh okay, my god. Yeah, she doesn't die. So how are we reviewing a movie if you <laughs> fall asleep? I fell asleep a little bit. It was boring. <laughs> I mean, in, in fairness, I fell asleep during Caligari. Um, but yeah, she definitely doesn't die. She's in her bed. Well, and they just sort of leave her alone. It's hard to say scene... she definitely doesn't die because it's definitely left ambiguous as to whether this dude's then going to come out and like nail. Well, nail her makes it sound like he's going to have sex with her, kill her. Uh, he might. Yeah. He's a weirdo. Here's my question. Yep. Here's my question. They knew the calls were coming from inside the house, right? Thank you for answering. Somehow. Thank you for answering. But they don't do a sweep throughout the house. Like, the attic is large enough to have fucking windows, and they don't even go check yeah. it. They don't even go yeah, check it. Yeah, they clearly it. don't find the dead bodies. No, like, there what were they doing? There are two dead bodies in the attic. It's it's not a big house. I, it's I don't a understand very big why house. when it's multiple people house. died in this house, even before they knew the calls were coming from inside the house, multiple people died in this house. You haven't found those bodies They haven't yet. even searched the house. It's fucking yeah. mind-boggling. Jack, you're it's the legal stupid. Jack, you're the legal expert here. How has police work changed since the 1970s because it's going to have to be immense in order for this to be even remotely believable. In Canada, it probably hasn't. Mark, you're asking the wrong question, dude. It's not a law question. It is a Canada question. Have things changed in Canada since then? Probably not. We're talking about and That's exactly what I was going to say. Canada. Given like everything I know about Canadian police work, probably yeah. not. This is probably how they handle things. Canadian you're getting better and better at that, Mark. <laughs> well, you know, practice makes perfect. Ratings. So, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just go to yeah, ratings. Yes, do that, please. 
Hear those sleigh bells jingle jangle, oh what a beautiful sight. So jump in bed and cover your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Steve Coogan from Saxondale would rate the likelihood of him doing hot yoga. I will never do hot yoga. Ever, 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 ever. Hot yoga? Hot, hot yoga? Uh, no, never, never. And for 10, think of how Vanilla Ice would describe his desire to see ninjas go. Story is the first category in which we rate these movies. Jake, what are you going to give this thing for story? It's kind of hard. It's a hard movie to review, Jack. It is a hard movie. It actually is. Especially when you fall asleep during it. Yeah, I have no idea how you're going to do this, you brave soldier, you. Um, the story itself... Not all heroes wear capes. The story right? itself is actually a pretty decent one. Like, you have a stranger who infiltrates the attic of this house and proceeds to pick off people at random. And I think that the fact... I think the movie is most aided by the fact that they keep this guy completely in the dark. Like, you have no idea what's going on other than the fact that he is an insane fucking person. That being said... Everything that takes you from point A to point B in that larger story, I'm not sure why it's included whatsoever. So I don't think that they built, like, they had the right scaffolding, but they didn't put up the walls well enough. And for that reason, I'm going to have to give it one that's just right down the middle, five. All right, Mark, how about you? I gave it a seven. I actually feel like it does a decent amount of work. I <clears throat> there's, a, there's a good amount of, like, historical adjustment here that's happening. Oh. Um, this is... As Jack established earlier, one of the first movies ever to the to do the call is coming from inside the house thing. The story of a guy stalking a bunch of sorority sisters from their attic is pretty creepy. There's some Deus Ex Machina that has to happen, but they do layer on. They do layer. Claude, on. are you there, Claude? Claude, 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 is that you, Claude? And that, that's not the only time. I, I should say that's not the only time in this movie that that happens. There's a lot of like. Yeah, just the vamping no, lines you yourself as you did it two slowly times. move across a, loo- a room. Um, so there's some Deus Ex Machina that happens here in the bad decisions and stuff, but like they got some good twists moved in and all this other stuff for 1970s. It's it's a solid it's a solid script for the time being. I mean, I thought I liked it story wise. What'd you give it? You gave seven. it seven. Seven. All right. Well, I gave it a five. Um, I think it's it is right down the middle. They do get some credit for a pretty good story, but the actual writing of the movie itself, it loses a lot of points for. The dialogue isn't great. The way in which things happen isn't great. So while the overall story is okay, the way they make the overall story happen is pretty poor. So I gave it a five. It's uh, it's pretty much dead center. Um, world building and immersion is our next category. Jake? Well, for a lot of the reasons that you dinged the story, I'm dinging the immersion. I think that the we talked about it earlier like the dynamic between these sorority sisters was pretty weird and then everything that moved the plot from point a to point b executionally uh was also just kind of strange and it didn't feel like it was necessarily going for the strangeness that it ended up kind of resulting in um it just had a hard time of keeping my interest for the length of the movie. I can't imagine what you're going to give this one, Jack. But I, I also gave Immersion a five. Like, it wasn't terrible because every time I felt like it was really losing me, you'd have a scene that 
even if they weren't the best payoffs, a payoff would happen and then a call would happen. And a lot of those calls are actually pretty damn good. So it kept me in just yeah, enough. Weird. Yeah, it kept me in just enough, the, but not to an incredible degree. So five. The, the calls are without question my favorite part of oh, this yeah. movie. Which Mark. also, as a side note, that's interesting. The the actors on set and actresses on set were not like they didn't pipe in that sound through the phone, so they were actually just like the director would just yell obscene things at them, and they would react accordingly. <laughs> that kind of sucks. I would like to have seen it. Like, I mean, the shit that was happening was pretty ridiculous. On the other end, uh, of the line. in any case, in any case, I feel like the immersion score is probably the lowest of this movie. Um, I ended up giving it a four just because. Eh, I, there's a lot of things that are problematic. There's a lot of things in this that that really, really, really fail to hit the mark. Uh, I guess if I were to if I were to focus on the positive things, I gave this a less than positive score. So I'm gonna focus on the positive things first. The positive is the first person perspective, which is really cool. They established it uh, for Halloween, which later used it to arguably greater effect. Um, but almost all Not of the killer's arguably. perspective is shot from the first person. Re- first person perspective which go. is pretty cool for an, from an immersion perspective um but there's a lot of things that really really take you out of it as far as decision making skills and just utter helplessness on the part of all of the sorority sisters and then there's also things like the house mom uh trying to figure out where the cat is for absolutely no fucking reason and then she climbs into the attic despite the fact that the attic door is closed I, I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with that. That's cats do not abide by the laws of nature, Mark. Well, they certainly don't fucking close doors. I can attest to the fact that they open doors, but I they don't they don't close things. So four. I gave it a four <laughs> because cats cats don't close doors. I gave it a three. I think the the immersion is is not good in this movie. Nor do they build any sort of a world. None of the characters are particularly believable. They're just in a house. It's not a house that I feel like these people... Like, this isn't the way I feel like these people would live in this house. So they don't build a world. I'm not that immersed in it. The scenes that change it a little bit for me are, Mark, the same ones you liked. But also, the shots where the dead body in the attic is filmed in the foreground and blurry and they're looking out. Like, those are really cool. And that stuff works really well and sucks me back in a little bit enough. This would be a lot worse without that kind of shit going on. But it's three. It's low. It's I, I don't like it. That's fair. Scare factor. Yeah. Scare factor is our next category. Jake. Another tough category to review on. Um, it's a hard movie to review. I know, man. In an, in the vacuum of those calls themselves, that's like a fucking nine. Because they're so crazy. But And they did a really good job with those. But the majority of the movie just isn't able to capitalize on the absolute bananas insanity of this guy that's in the attic of this house and for that reason it's obviously detrimental to the overall scare factor that being said it's still a bit better than average simply because it's held up really strongly by the craziness that kind of permeates the rest of the movie because of his involvement so i'm going to give it a six and a half wow that's high that's higher than i expected Mm. mark you i gave it a five and okay. I, I, I could probably adjust this upwardly based off of when this came out. Um, I think I probably gave the benefit of the doubt to Texas Chainsaw, which, as we said earlier, came out 10 days earlier. Um, this was broadcast 
on American television at some point and they had to pull it because it was too scary. So there is that going for it. Like people actively complained to the FCC about how scary this was. But um, also isn't wasn't part of it where it was broadcast there had been two sorority girls murdered like very close to around when this came out on I television. Don't know. Maybe it's possible. Uh and if I mean look if something capitalizes on real world horror I'm not going to penalize it for that. If you if yeah. you do that appropriately then Look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, we're obviously not here to condone any type of real world violence or something, but if you actually, like, you know, if you evoke fears that people have in real life, effectively, mm-hmm. then you're a scary movie. Mm-hmm. So, it does have that going for it. Yeah, true. Uh, that being said, this scariness of it doesn't stand up well. Okay. Um, I gave it a four. Uh, for me, it's just... All of the scariness comes from the first person perspective and the, the, like, sneaking in through the house and just the shots of him, like, crawling in through the top windows and being all creepy and in there. Him or her, I suppose. And then also the calls. The calls are great. The calls are genuinely scary and unsettling. But all of it comes from that. I'm giving it points for how old it is already. Mm. And even then, it's still just a four. It's a four. Mm. Yeah, good call on evoking the calls. The calls are very well done for a movie of this age. Oh, it's they're they yeah, are legitimately tremendous. And there's also the scene where he's in first person in the attic, like freaking out and just like hammer, like he's like hitting the girl who's like dead in the chair with the plastic. Yeah. He's like hitting her in the face and it's like really frenetic. It's really weird. And we should say they use three different actors to make the voices for the phone calls. Mm. So mm-hmm. they're they're clearly trying to go for. Uh, like some level of schizophrenia where your split personality disorder or whatever, but uh, yeah, I mean they just brought in multiple people in order to make the split personality. So I mean that's it's a solid maneuver. I like it. It worked yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, effects or judicious lack thereof is our penultimate category. Jake, yeah, what are you giving it? For uh, this? Not a high score. Um, based on when this movie came out, I don't necessarily think it was lacking in effects uh and it's hard to put that in a vacuum and really try to gauge it against movies at the time versus what we're accustomed to seeing now even though you can try it just doesn't hold the same sort of punch you're expecting i think from a movie um yeah a lot of it's left more the imagination than what it actually does give you and i don't think that's necessarily to the benefit of the movie in any way shape or form when it's a slasher uh like this one certainly is as we established mark uh, I'm going to have to go kind of low here. I'm going to go to three and a half. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's wow. Mark. Yeah, that's incredibly low. I gave it a seven. So, whoa. Hello. Your score. Hmm. This hello. is a, Look, this is a judicious lack thereof movie. There were multiple scenes. I don't, I don't I'll agree say, with that at all. I'll say, well, you're wrong and I hate you. There's hmm. an on at the onset. I'll say there's a lot of really interesting cinematography uh where they shoot things so that like christmas lights are reflected in the background uh that is really fucking cool Uh, they're very they're very clearly trying to go for the juxtaposition of like this is christmas time don't fucking murder people at christmas time because that's weird type of type of commentary um is that an effect so there i think I, i i would consider camera angles to be an effect absolutely yeah 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 beyond 
contributes to immersion. Beyond, yeah, that's where it I contributes to that. immersion, but it is an effect. We have we have scientifically accurate categories, but they're also very blurry. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say is I would lump all of the phone calls into this category where they recorded them later and then and then substituted them in and had people react to basically these fake phone calls. The phone calls are really, 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 really good. If I had to if I had to like zero in on something I didn't think that the effects did well, I would have a very hard time doing it. The only reason I'm not giving this a higher score is because I really hesitate to go that high on judicious lack thereof. I don't wow. see it as judicious lack thereof, and I don't see like the angles as a visual effect as much as a cinem- like I lump I'm lumping cinematography ugh, cinematography more in with immersion, I think, than you. I think I, I yeah, no, I'm I'm with Mark. Cinematography is, is big into that, so I gave it a five. Um <laughs> solid. <laughs> I'm right down the middle with this one. I think some of the effects were really cool. The phone calls are awesome. Again, the scene I keep talking about of the, the body strangled in the foreground, looking out the window in the attic is, is awesome. And I, I put those cinematography things into effects. That's a really good then shot. Then again, the music is takes away from it. I think it actively takes away from it. It distracts me from what else is going on. Mm-hmm. It's when not you- an iconic. And like a, a, a film of this era should have an mm-hmm. iconic film score when you when you say the music though do you mean like the carolers or like the christmas no music no no. Or... i mean the actual score the actual score but like okay so the diagenic music did it take you like did the carolers take you out too or no, no? not at all i would the consider carolers that part not. of the score just because the score is coming from the film itself doesn't mean it's like weighted okay that's fair but that's not the part i'm penalizing it for <laughs> okay I mean the actual non-diagenic score that that only the audience is hearing. Okay, fair enough. Um, I I mean I don't think if you find me a person that can sing it without listening to it first, then I would quite like to meet that person. But I just don't think that person exists. It's it's a score that distracted me when it happened, and and is not good enough to be remembered. So so that takes me out of it. The actual kill scenes themselves, the fact that none of them are memorable, but what's memorable is the after effects of the kill scenes is a big deal. Ah, it's just okay. It's just okay. It's middle of the road, even for the era. It's a five. Okay. Which brings us to overall. Jake. I'm giving this a five and a half. I think it's slightly better than average. That's about how I felt throughout my viewing experience. The very memorable parts of this movie are the phone calls, and that's it. Um, I, it's not one that I'm going to throw on every holiday. It really isn't, but it does have a few chills in there. It's not a bad movie. It's certainly not a bad movie when thinking about it from the 1970s. However, I am not from the 1970s. Uh, I'd, I'd watch it again. I would probably recommend it to someone who is looking for something of holiday ish ilk in terms of horror, but it's not something that I'm like, definitely going to go out and be like, you have to see this movie. Oh my God. So five and a half. Yeah, it's a fair score. Mark? I I very much like the way that Jake rated that. I ended up giving this thing a six. Um, exactly. Jake, Jake nailed it on the head. This is a movie that, like, if someone's looking for... If someone comes to me and they're like, I want a Christmas movie, but I want it to be a slasher, I would probably <laughs> recommend Krampus first. But outside of that, <laughs> <laughs> I would probably then recommend this, uh, just for the historical perspective. You gotta upgrade it a little bit because it's a classic. 
A lot of people really like this movie. I can understand why. It's a little bit of a slow burn. I, I don't know. What do you guys think of that? Like, would you call this a slow burn? It's pretty slow. It's. I think it's yeah. slow, but I don't think it's a slow burn. No, it doesn't burn that much. What? No, I just don't think it's. <laughs> when I talk about slow burns, I think I think about a more psychological film than this. I think there, there's definitely some psychological thriller to this. In any case, that's that that is the context in which we bring this up. I agree with you. It's not the best movie. It's not it even in like even in the grand perspective of things, it's probably not even really like a great movie. It's just it's just good. It's a good movie that happens to be Christmas themed. So if you're looking for something to watch at Christmas time and you want a slasher, this is probably your one. Do this. And you're tired of watching Krampus. Yeah, which I don't think is a slasher, Mark. I disagree with you about that. But it's it's not. But if you're looking for like people getting picked off one by one, which you go might, with Krampus. Yeah, go with. That's Krampus a very specific thing you're looking for there. That's what slash. Jack, what did you give this overall? I gave it a four overall. <laughs> um, I I want to give it more credit due to the place in history I think it deserves. But but in didn't. terms of just actually enjoying it, that's. <laughs> It's just not great. You fell asleep. It's... I did. It was boring. Yeah, any movie you fall asleep during probably doesn't deserve that high of an overall score. And and you guys know me. If I was so drunk that I was going to fall asleep during a movie, I'd have said that. That wasn't the case. I just fell asleep because it was... Ugh. Because you're old now and that's what people do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm 77 years old. It was time for my nap. I hit 1030 and I was just out. 1030? How do you make it to 10.30? It was 7.15 when I started this movie, which means when I fell asleep, it was, what, 8.15? Yeah. I had just gotten back from the Golden Corral. Uh, no. <laughs> no, the Sizzler. <laughs> I just got back from the Sizzler uh, happy hour special, and me and the missus turned it in for the evening. Watch this nice thing, and then just fell asleep halfway through. You know what's <laughs> funny is that my lovely wife was actually already in bed and asleep when I started this movie. At seven. Okay. Good work. <laughs> you can't tell, podcast listeners, but me and Jake are both, both the uh, you know, young men, full of vigor. Jack is actually a 78-year-old person. I'm a spry 78, though. It's a spry 78, but he is no less 78 years old. <laughs> Anyway, I gave it a four, I think. I didn't really like it. Yeah. I don't think I'd recommend it to people, even if they're looking really? for a Christmas movie. Really? There's enough of them that I just didn't enjoy watching it that much. Well, that kind of is the five breaking point, right? All right, my God. I've got to get us out of here. So that's been this week's A to Z Horrorcast Christmas special, this was by the a, way. This was a weird one. Christmas special. Can you hear the jingle bells? Can you hear them? <laughs> yeah, you can hear them. Um, if you guys like the podcast, do us a favor, give us a like, uh, follow us on either Twitter or come hang out with us on the Horamino app. And, uh, hey, if you're just here for the music, I don't know why that would ever be, but that's coming out from space. That's space without the A. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the links. Wow. Stunning endorsement. All the links you could ever want are down there in the description right below where you're listening to this right now. And next week, we actually don't have a review for you, but we're not going to leave you hanging. It's the end of the year, and we got, we're all going to hang out. We're going to be in the same place, actually. And we're going to do... It's going to be a good time. We're, we're going to drink more than we usually do. Yeah. Yeah, guys, it's going to be more incomprehensible than we usually are. Just think about that. And we're going to award some movies some things. So turn in... Turn in. Tune in for the A to Z Horror 2016. We award some movies for some things podcast. 
Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies, and ignore your family during the holidays, and happy holidays. Peace. Uh, a healthy fuck you to all, and to all a good night. You've been listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs>